Good morning, Lowell Assembly of God. How are we doing this morning? Let's all stand. It is good to be with you this morning, and I am excited about what God is going to do as we spend an extended time of praise and worship together. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me as we look to the Father in a word of prayer? God, we are thankful for what you are going to do in this place, for how you are going to change and transform us, God. It is only because of you and your Holy Spirit that we stand here. And we ask that as we lift up our voices to you, Lord, may peace, may restoration, may transformation and joy fall on these people in this place and watching online. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's sing. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I've tried.
my sin was heavy but chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter I was an orphan but you called me a citizen of heaven when I was broken you were my healing now you're
I think I shut it. Oh, no, that's me. All right. Hey, good morning. Are you excited to be in the house of God? This is a good one today. This is a good one today. Listen, we, we've dedicated this as, as a day of prayer and praise. And notice that we, we've mixed those two together. And this whole, this whole moment, this whole, this whole day that we've set for you has been intentionally wrapped around a moment that happened in Israel. See, David was called to be God's king, and he, he was anointed of the Lord, and his heart and his desire was always to be uh, building a place for God. He knew what it was like to have that anointing on him and to long to be what God called him to be, but lived in the wilderness and ran and hid. And he knew what it was like to be denied and, and, and in distress. And so he, when he finally got to the place that God had for him as king, when he was finally anointed as all king of Israel, he said, I'm going to build a house. And the Lord said, no, no, David, you're not going to build me a house. Your son's going to build that house. But I will build for you a house, a household of godly kings that will rule and reign. And I believe here this morning, there are families in this place like David, where your children and your children's children will be kings and priests for God because they grow up and they grow into the presence of God and they grow under the shelter of a God who is all powerful, all knowing, all loving and all caring. That's why we do church together. And Solomon said, this is it. I want everybody in one spot, one time. And he calls them all together, and so he steps in, and this is Second Chronicles chapter six and seven. And he he says, "All right, let's get let's get the let's get the priests and get them up here. And what what are the musical instruments we have to work with? What a guitar, a drummer, a, a piano player, some singers, um, some some cymbal players." And he grabbed them all together, and he said. We are going to make noise like nobody else. We are going to sing with passion, and we are going to celebrate the presence of our God, and we're going to, go, going to do it together in this place that God calls my house. And that's what today is about, for us to come together and to celebrate and to praise God. Maybe he hasn't come through with the miracle that you need yet, but that doesn't matter because you know what? You serve a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's never late. He knows how to come through for you. But listen, here's how the story continues, and this is the important part. Afterwards, they put out offerings, and when I tell you they put offerings, they had so many offerings that the altar couldn't contain it. Solomon had to consecrate another area and say, and we'll do offerings here. And God's people said, let's make this the biggest blast we ever did, and they did that. But then, this is the part I want you to catch. A very famous verse that nobody really ever thinks of and where it's placed. We always hear it in the negative, but listen to this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land. And then right after, after God said that, he said this to Solomon, and this is the thing I want you to grab today, because you might be in a place where you need to turn from some wicked ways. And you know what, turning's a process. 
turning and repenting is a process. If it took 400 years of slavery, 10 plagues, and 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, why do you think that your change is supposed to happen that instantly and that you feel like a failure? Listen, hang in there because God's hanging in with you. But a millimeter today, maybe a few inches, but today you turn your back on the way you were and you begin to walk towards the way that God wants you to be and you say, God, I turn from these things and maybe along the way I might look over my shoulder but God help me to continue in the right direction God looks down and he says I can work with that and when it says pray it doesn't mean like this oh Lord please help me it's literally it means that you look at the world around you you look at the situations around you and that you actually become a judge of that situation by God's grace and God's word and you're saying oh God change this injustice move this mountain open this this Red Sea God help that woman in that situation help that man in that situation oh God help my child help my son help my daughter oh God help me that's what praying in this verse means you are crying out to God and you're you're, you're saying oh God please send down your presence and, and what's amazing is, is that the word humble, how many people have, how many times have you even, maybe you can admit with me, where you can say a lot of humble things, but that is not humility. Words is not humility. Do you know what humility is biblically? It's being helpful for God. It's being able to realize that it's not about you and it's not about your plan. What if your plan stays in the, stands in the way of God's plan? Are you willing to allow him to wrinkle it? That's literally what it means, to wrinkle. You got this perfect outfit on, and then all of a sudden you just turn, and, and it wrinkles a bit, and you're like, ah, and God said, just leave it and live with it. I'm in control. I'm in charge. Do you want God in charge of your life today? Do you want a breakthrough in your life today? Do you want to begin to lift up the name of Jesus and watch God's presence fall today? That's what he wants for you, and this is how it ends. And I'm going to get out of the way right here. This is how it ends. Afterwards, God says, and then he says, in this place, I, will, I have heard and I have seen. And in this place, what place? The house of God, church. Friends, we've had to do church this way, and we can do it. But nothing replaces gathering together. And if we cry out to God, listen, I believe that he can move mountains, he can touch cancer today, he can heal COVID, he can remove fear, he can lift depression, he can do that because he will hear from heaven. And in this place, whether you're online or in this room, God's spirit is not limited and he can reach you. If that's you and you want a blessing today, raise your hands and pray with me, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray that heaven would open, that hell would flee. Lord, that we would allow our will and our plan to be wrinkled, to be out of place so that you can be in the right place in our life. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are all seeing and you are all loving. Father, let your love flow in this place. May you feel the love from your people as we praise you. And just like Jericho fell and just like the enemy turned on themselves, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, our praises will bring breakthrough in this place today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's bring down some walls today. Well, we're going to be introducing a new song today. It's called Seek, and I'm so excited to sing it with you guys this morning. What's going to happen is that we're going to sing the first verse by ourselves so you guys can be able to listen to the melody. And then afterwards, I want you guys to join in with us. And it's a love song to God. Amen?
It's your majesty, God. Oh, you're in this place. You're in this place. Oh, we see.
Sing it out. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Bring the light. 
lose that, don't lose that presence, don't lose that perspective here as they continue to play. We're going to step into a moment to pray. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. I want you to think about the mountains in your life. I want you to think about the obstacles in the way. I want you to know something. Some obstacles help puts in your way, and some of them God leaves so that you can persevere through them. So just because there's a mountain there does not mean that there's a devil that put it. Sometimes it's God looking for you to say, I don't care what stands before me. I don't care what happened behind me. I'm going to look up above me. And God, if I have to dig through the mountain, I will. If I have to, if I have to crawl over it, I can. But Lord, if you're willing, if you would take this mountain and uproot it and cast it into the sea, that you can do it. There are storms that come in our life to take the same analogy. And sometimes they bring, they bring, um, they bring problems in such a way that you want to just curse them and say, you know, God, just stop the storm. And you're terrified and you're, you're afraid. Some storms we bring on ourselves like Jonah. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we're in trouble, but we're in trouble because we walked into it and we thought that, that it would happen differently. But a lot of storms come along and sometimes Jesus, like he said to the disciples, he says, hop in the boat and row to the other side. And it says that they were there all night. Sometimes Jesus just wants you to take him at his word. And you know what obedience is? It's a, it's a, and you know what a blessed life is? It's a continued obedience in the right direction for a long period of time. You just got to keep rowing. But every once in a while, hell sends a storm. And fear overtakes us and gets the best of us. And then Jesus looks at it and he says, peace be still. Mm. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the storm was instantly ended. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what brought your storm. Maybe you brought it. Maybe you brought it. You, you know what it is to live a biblical life, and you said, I'm going to do it differently, and you thought that the ending would be any different, and God said, it's just the way it works, and maybe it's time for you to end that storm like Jonah did and say, God, just, just kind of toss, not me in the sea, but I'm going to toss some things overboard here so that I can get things right with you because there's nothing. When you, when you, when you, fill your life with baggage and cargo and you head in the direction that God doesn't want for you, that's called a storm. When you release your luggage over, over, the, over the side of the boat and you surrender to God, that's called sailing. But every once in a while, you know what Jesus says? He says, I want you to step out of the boat and you defy nature and you walk Today, as we pray here, I don't know what your mountain is. I don't know what your challenge is. Maybe you brought it on yourself. Maybe it just happened because storms happen. Maybe hell itself is, is, is there. Maybe there's some cargo to toss overboard. But whatever it is, here's what I know. Whether you put yourself in that situation or not, whether the devil put that situation before you or not, or whether life just happened or not, God is on your side. Jesus wants to help you. How many of you need the help of God this morning? Let's lift our hands and let's just grab and embrace that. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you said to your children, if anyone stands before a mountain and by faith tells that mountain to be uprooted and cast in the sea, that it shall happen. Right now we speak to the mountain and we command it. Father, in Jesus' name, cast it into the sea in Jesus' name. And Lord, if we have to climb the mountain, we're going to do it. 
some of us reeling and we're seasick because we sailed in a direction we already knew you couldn't bless. And there's some cargo that you're saying, it's time to throw that junk overboard. It's time to toss that relationship. It's time to drop that crack pipe. It's time to drop the meth. It's time to stop beating your wife and abusing your kids. It's time to stop all that nonsense. It's time for you to throw selfishness overboard and self-centeredness overboard. Lord, whatever we need to cast over there, we say by the grace of God that your healing and your forgiveness come and set us free. But some of us are calling us to step out of the boat. And whatever that looks like, God, we do it by faith. Say it with me, by faith. We do it by faith today, Jesus. By faith, we move the mountain. By faith, we cross the sea. And by faith, we trust in you. And we do it in Jesus' name. As Solomon heard that word from God, and he said that, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen, you know what? If they turn, it doesn't mean once their turn. It says if they turn. Today, we're making turns here. We're turning back to God. We're moving back to him. And when you move and you take a step towards him, he crosses the universe and makes up the difference for you. You don't have to be good enough today. You don't have to be right enough today. God in his in his work on the cross is going to make you right. Jesus and his love for you is going to make that difference happen. And we are going to take these moments and we're going to praise him again. These songs are victory shouts. These songs are victory shouts. Are you with me today? Let's sing victory. Come on. Thank you, Jesus.
this morning. Sing that again, church. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground.
Father, we thank you. You've been faithful when we've been faithless. You've always been there, God. And before we come before you to ask you for anything, we lift up your name. We say, worthy is the lamb who was slain for us. God, you are worthy. You are sovereign. You're in control of our trials, our tribulations. You stand above it all, and you're worthy of our praise. We declare that you are good even when everything else around us is not, we remind our soul and we say, God, revive us again, rejuvenate us, restore, confirm, strengthen, raise us up from spiritual death and give us life. Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20 was on his deathbed. The prophet Isaiah had come in and said, prepare your house, put it in order, you are going to die. And Hezekiah, it said, turned his face to the wall. And it said, remember me, O Lord. And it said that Hezekiah stopped, or Isaiah stops dead in his tracks, turns around, and God speaks to him and says, go back in there and tell him, I will extend his life by 15 years. You see, Hezekiah was a man who had lived faithfully before God. It says in the scriptures, greater than any who had gone before him. But the grace of God through Jesus Christ means God's righteousness is yours. The same blessing that was available to Hezekiah is available to you by faith in Jesus. And I believe that if you call out to him today, the blessing that was to Hezekiah is to you through Jesus. And you can expect healing and deliverance from God. Your prayers can alter God's course by faith. So I'm gonna ask that just for a moment, we've, we've reminded ourselves of the goodness of God, and I'd like to believe him for things that might seem outside of the realm as to what's to be expected. You might be going through a chronic disease, you might be suffering from an illness nobody else sees. God sees in secret says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and cried to himself God saw him and God sees you so father we lift ourselves to you and we ask that you would move that you would touch us in the area that nobody else can see the anguish that we're experiencing Lord but you see and we ask that you would move that you would move in areas God nobody else might know about but you do, you see. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the same blessing you gave to Hezekiah, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would do what man can't do. Pastor Paul earlier mentioned Second Chronicles. And I was reading it in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse seven. You know, the first supernatural sign God sends is fire. And it says this, Solomon finished his prayer, what we've been doing here, and fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices. The glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the people bowed down on the pavement and worshiped and said, and gave thanks to the Lord saying, for he is good, his steadfast love is forever. And it's interesting that the first time a supernatural sign from heaven comes into the temple is when there's something on the altar. It's when there's an offering on the altar. 
when it costs the Israelites something to dedicate their temple. You think, I think we think of sacrifice, offering as an Old Testament word. But the new covenant says, present even your bodies as living sacrifices to God. I think through the sacrifice of the cross, you and I are empowered by God not to give less, but to give more. And I wonder, do we have what is necessary on the altar? Because the sign of God's covenant, the sign of God's blessing, the same way his fire led them in the wilderness, he's reminding them, I am here with you now. It didn't come till there was an offering. And that requires everything from us. Requires our bodies, requires our time, our talents given to God. And yeah, it even requires our treasure, our physical and material wealth. When I was a young believer, I was not even saved six months yet, a missionary came into the church and said, I need to reach unreached people in India. And for some reason, I was stupid enough to bring my entire paycheck to church in cash. I don't know why I cashed it that week. But God was like, give it all to him. And I was like, God, this is all I have to live on. And God was like, I'll take care of you. Give it all to him. And every dollar I had, I gave it to that missionary. Just this week, we had $5,000 pledged to a missionary who was going to a predominantly Islamic area to plant churches, and they needed extra funds. And our missions budget has dipped. Thank you to those of you who have remained faithful in your missions giving. You are making a difference. And we said, we're going to give it. It doesn't matter. We gave $5,000. God provided the fire. Listen, listen. God provided the fire as we put the offering on the altar. An anonymous person I will not name in this congregation said, hey, I don't know why I have this $5,000. Here you go. Gave it. Same week. Listen. But the fire doesn't come until you put an offering on the altar. The sign of God's presence doesn't come until you're on the altar, till your physical wealth is on the altar, till your everything, your time and your talent and everything about you is on the altar that says, Jesus, you gave it all. I'm with you. You see, sacrifice doesn't stop with the new covenant. It's completed and invites you into it. And I wonder... Are we in the place where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the money that comes in here doesn't stay here, it goes out. It goes across the world. And I believe that God is going to continue to give us everything we need to accomplish the mission he's given us. That everyone would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we're going to feel really good today, that's great. But God fills us with his spirit so we could be vessels to carry it to others and pour it out onto them. That is why we're filled today. In every way, Abraham's blessed. Why? To be a blessing to the nations. Why are you filled with God's spirit and blessed with your resources? To bless the nations as children of Abraham. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask that God bless whatever you put on the altar. If it's, And I hope that all of you is so, Father, we bring ourselves to you this morning, and we ask that your, your divine blessing, your fire, your guidance, your seal would be on us. The same way divided tongues of fire were on the heads of your disciples. Lord, I pray that you would fill us so that we could be a blessing to others, that you would consume us so that it would no longer be us who live, but Christ who lives in us.
one who loved us and gave himself for us. Father, I pray that you would consume what is placed on your altar today for the sake of the nations, that you would bless and that you would restore us, God, and you would make us new and that we would see the sigil, the signal of your presence here among us today, that we would present our bodies as living sacrifices. In Jesus' name. We're almost done here. We have two more songs, and this has been a service of prayer and praise, and uh, God has outdone himself. There, there's one small thing I'd like to do. I'm going to ask Dina to come up here real quick. Many of you might not know her. She is a Bible college student at North Point Bible College. She's in her last semester, and when hey, she, she makes so much happen, she's been doing stuff with youth. She's just one of those people that says, find a need and meet it. Uh, so she's been helping with the teens, gathering together a group of people. She's helped with kids' church, and uh, we hope that she never leaves. But she's been in the office doing hours constantly, and, it, and it's her birthday today, and she's 22. You, you can play that Taylor Swift song as you're pulling away from the lot, but... But two things. One is obviously flowers for just the beautiful spirit you bring. And we always send her on errands to um, Home Depot. And she's like, Pastor, like, Home Depot, I don't know where I'm at. But if I go to Sephora, I know what's up. So we've got a $25 gift certificate for you to Sephora. And we just say happy birthday. And we love her. I just got to say it. I remember when she was when she was at Calvary when I was there, and she was like this tall, and she had this little bow in her head, and she always had her brother. And who who would have thought, who would have thought that she'd be here at this time? You never know. Ministry is built on relationship. Make sure that you don't burn relationships, but you build bridges, and you, and you mend them, and you break down walls, because you never know where God will place you for a long period of time. So, um I, uh, I'm going to hand it back to this crew, and I'm going to come back one more time. But let's just, let's just offer up our hearts, our lives to Jesus again. It's amazing what God can do through a heart that's worshiping and depending on him. That's what this is about. We never had it. We don't have enough intelligence. We don't have enough wealth. We don't have enough resource. And if it was given in abundance to you and I, we would squander it anyway. What better place to be than in a place of total dependence on God? He is the only codependent relationship in the universe that is healthy, the only one. And so let's praise him again. Thank you again. I just want to say thank you to the girls who got the memo here with their wonderful matching uniforms. And so um, let's hand it back to them. Let's praise the Lord.
transforming us and changing us through this service. And we've talked about his goodness, we've talked about his power, and about his might. So let's talk about his restoring nature. It says, I will never forget the moment I met you, the moment you called my name. You pulled me out of the darkness and gave me a promise to never thirst again. 
by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways then I'll hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land we always hear this quoted in a negative sense but yet it's it's quoted in a context of what we're doing now we're rededicating the house of God and it's opening once again and that God's presence would be here even today our balconies filled and there's still spaces down here and we're just thanking God for what he's doing and we encourage when's the right time for you to come back when you're ready I think it's going to be more and more ready for more and more of us as time goes by. As we close off here, uh, I have one more spiritual thought, and then 
a couple of just housekeeping things, but listen to the verse that comes immediately following 2 Chronicles 7.14. Listen to 7.15. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. In this place, God has established his name. God's future for us is bright. And while COVID came and went and is still among us and problems will always be there, but so will Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so I just encourage you to continue to bring your, bring your cares and, and fears and problems to prayer. I want to also thank you just for every one of you with your children. This is the way church used to be and it's okay. And we've, it's been a good sound of life in here. And I never want any parent to feel embarrassed or ashamed and, or angry at your kid. Kids are kids and you've been great where there comes a point you kind of go out with them because they get too loud. But for the most part, this has just been great. They need to see this. They need to see this. And um, so as things open up, I, I, I really, I don't know what God's gonna do, but whatever it is, it's good. And um, we may start dedicating the first Sunday to all family service and then begin to uh, uh, open up kids and down the road. But what we have opened up is youth ministry. And so today after service, they're gonna be here eating popcorn, having a good time, socially distancing. And so again, if you're here and you're a teenager and you're the ages of 12 and uh, 17, we'd encourage you to do that. Thank you so much for being with us here today. We love you, we appreciate you, and pray that this is just giving you a boost for good things. We'll pick up next week on our series through Exodus, Exodus, and we're gonna talk about the plagues. Listen, there isn't anything hell can throw at you that heaven can't double down on and be, amen? That's next week, so come out. Bring your plagues, bring your burdens. Listen, the problem in America is not plagues, it's prayer. The problem in America is not politics, it's prayer. The problem in America is not the problem, the problem's prayer. Everyone says get prayer back in the school, we need to get prayer back in the church. And so that's what we're about here, and we're going to continue to watch that fire grow. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're fancy at it or not. In fact, sometimes the fancy prayers are the ones that God ignores. It's the simple, desperate heart that just says, God, I'm a wreck. But you, you can straighten it out. And so don't look for coming before God with the right words. Just come before him. Come before him and uh, watch what he does for you. Amen? God bless you. Wave at somebody as you go, and we'll see you here next week. Thank you again. Let's thank these girls. And so